Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to The Wind Up. A weekly recap show where we, Sean Philip Naylor and Maya Crifone, go over the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. We'll be discussing all of the events from each week's episode leading up to the finale. And having a cheeky vino or two as we do it. And cheers to this episode. Welcome to The Wind Up, a weekly chat show where myself, microphone, and Sean Philip Naylor recap and discuss the weekly episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Don't forget you can follow us over on our Instagram at thewindup underscore pod for all of the backstage, behind the scenes, little goss and tidbits from each week's episode, as well as outtakes from where we get too drunk and decide to act like fools. Cheers. Cheers! I'm not sure who you are, but I was expecting my co-host microphone. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. For those of you that are just listening to this, I've decided to be here in a full, gorgeous, lovely sequin embellished tuxedo with a mohawk, and I've got some nice eye makeup on. For those that are watching us on YouTube, I'm clearly out of drag at the moment and very much boy. Now, I mentioned this to you before we got stuck in, but my husband watched this show and was like, Sean, Maya is in full drag and all you're doing is wearing a black t-shirt. Like, make an effort, please. So I've come dressed today in my gayest of jackets I could find. If you tune in later, I'll do some close-up magic for you. I enjoy it. It's, It's camp. It's gorgeous. But it's not staying because it's really hot in this room. And if you're not... Being fancy, <laughs> then I refuse to be fancy. Is it a reversible oh. jacket? No, but the inside, excuse my squeaky chat, is these little skulls with logos yeah, on them. Yeah, that's why that's why I thought it was reversible. And like you have a reversible jacket. No. Okay. I do have a little leopard print hanky that I keep in the pocket because it's you know close-up magic. What else are you gonna do in a gold jacket? Calm down, Liberace. Before we get stuck into it, mm. uh, quick thoughts on this week's episode. Initial thoughts when I watched it the first time around, bearing in mind, obviously, it was a wine or two in. I felt like it was a nail biter right at the end. Interesting. When I say nail biter, we'll get into that. I'm going to make my feelings known about this episode <sighs> quite clear as we go through because, yeah, let's get stuck into it. We have a recap of last week. Obviously, we said goodbye to Faux Fur. Probably a good thing for her so she didn't have to be a part of this horrible challenge. <laughs> Queens enter and they misread Faux's mirror message. Oh, my God, um, that was, was hilarious. A bit but I was shocked because I'm like, why, Like, how could you misread it? Because as if Faux would write that word. Well, um, so, so, like, they misread the word, they misread the word niece and the way she's written Yes, I can kind of understand it doesn't look like the word niece, but they misread the word niece for the N word. And they're like, we can't say that word. I'm like, I thought but she would never have written it. When they said that it was like a naughty word and that they shouldn't have, you know, they can't say that word. I just thought like, to me, it didn't look like that word. I just thought maybe it well, was when like they a that- bad word in another language. Well, when they showed the close-up of the word, I can understand why at a quick glance that's probably what it looked like, just because her handwriting was very sloppy. I mean, it is makeup on a mirror, but yeah. Then they obviously, they're all un- undragged, undragging, de-dragging. Fucking great English there. Um, <laughs> they're all de-dragging. There's a heavy emphasis on Spanky in the pre-little video before the titles. Which for me, going into it, I was like, okay, so one of two things is going to happen here. She's either going to be the winner or she's going home. Yeah. The reason I say that is because Drag Race production, heavy emphasis on one person at the start, either in the top or the bottom. Queens enter in the workroom and we kick things off straight away with drama between Minnie Cooper and Pat Benatar. (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that. I knew you would hit Um, me with your best shot. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Minnie Cooper and Aubrey Have discussing the comments made by Minnie in last week's Untucked, where she more or less read Aubrey for sewing an outfit and she should be commended for sewing an outfit. And it's great that she sewed an outfit. I thought it was unnecessary to bring it back up. I mean, obviously they needed drama. It was kind of like, yeah, it was over pretty quickly too, because then you've got Aubrey in the confessional Mm. being like, well, I really didn't think it was that big a deal. Yeah, it was just, it was one of those, one of those ones where you can tell that the producers are like, we need to make something out of that. Mm -hmm. And see, that's the thing is I find the this is the main difference between the US queens and the Australian queens is I find the US queens are really easy to create drama out of the tiniest little thing, whereas the Aussie queens, I find they just don't give a shit. But also at the same time, any drama is organic, which we'll see a little bit later on. And if it's organic drama, it fucking blows up. 
That's how we do it um, down under, kids. We get into our mini challenge. Uh, last week's winner, Molly Poppins, gets to rate her fellow competitors I in the loved, all tea, all shade pageant. I loved and hated this at the same time. So she was given four separate categories. The GC, the greatest competition. I think you mean the Spanky good originally cunt. thought was, <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> Spanky honestly thought it was the good cunt award. I'm like, maybe, but no. Uh, you've got Daggiest Drag, so Queen with the questionable fashion. You Beauty, otherwise the trade of the season. And Taking the Piss, the next queen to go. So for each category, Molly chooses, you're a guy for the GC. I, I think- was shocked mm. by that. Because well, I mean, granted, she only, well, she only had one, like, she only had one challenge to go off. Like, yes, Yuri was in the top for a fashion challenge, but I probably wouldn't have picked her as my biggest competition be, purely because you don't know what she's like as an actress, which we can see later on is clearly not good. Aww. You don't know what she's like with musical or dance ability. Like, yeah, I, I think, think not good too. It, it was very bold of her to instantly place Yuri as her biggest competition. If you were there and that was you and you in Molly's shoes, who would you have put as your good cunt? I mean, uh, greatest competition. <laughs> as the GC? As your GC. Um, I probably would have gone, so if I was in Molly's position, I would honestly probably put either Mini, Beverly or Queen okay. as my biggest competition, mainly just because... I know of the three of them outside of Drag Race, so I know what they can do. So I'd be basing my opinion off that, considering you've only had one challenge to go off. So mm-hmm. I go based on what I know of them outside of Drag Race. Yeah. Daggiest drag, Molly chooses Spanky Jackson, which I think is very fitting. So obviously we've met our queens last week. We know who they are. I now obviously follow them and live for them all individually on Instagram. Spanky, I will say... <laughs> Very much knows how to take the piss out of herself. There has been many memes about her outfits. There's particularly one which is funny. I don't know if you've seen it with the, it's like a family guy animation with the really long legs. Like if you haven't just... Look yes. It up. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. yeah. No, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. It's hilarious, and Spanky's yeah. posting them all over her Instagram, being like, "Send me more. Send me more." Which is which is great because there'd be nothing worse than if she was like taking everything to heart. Which is a thing I think most Aussie drag queens are good at doing is being able to take the piss out of themselves. There was one I can't remember which one. So obviously we set up the Instagram, which you guys can follow at uh, Instagram um, at the Windup underscore Pod, and I started to follow. Always. I started to follow all of the the queens through our account. And then I did a post with all of their quotes and I was tagging each of them in their quote. And I think, and don't quote me, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was either Beverly Kills or Aubrey Have had like their account so that nobody can tag them or comment or do anything. And I I think actually thinking about back on it now, I think it was Beverly. And I feel like she must've got some hate sent through after the last episode. Oh, a hundred percent. Because it's a disgusting thing with the drag race fandom that people feel the need to jump on and send. I, I meant, commented this last week. Like Mm. I've watched, I've watched drag race from the beginning and I've had several Queens that I don't like that I've never felt the need to go ahead and send them hate or send them unnecessary bullshit. And I don't get why people feel the need to. Like, it achieves nothing. It doesn't help you. Certainly doesn't help the person you're sending it to. No. Clearly we didn't have many listeners last week because nobody paid attention to your message. (laughs) No one listens to me anyway. You beauty. (laughs) Molly Molly chooses the trait of the season as Queen Kong. Queen's not surprised by this. She's like, I'm a big, beautiful chocolate bar. So she was expecting it. I saw a picture of Queen Kong out of drag, male presenting. And it was it was obviously a professional photo. And I think it was on, it was either on Queen Kong's Instagram stories or it was on their page when I got into like a scrolling cycle. And I mean, damn. Hello, sir. I can understand the attraction to Queen. Me personally, I, I'm not, I'm not fussed by any of them out of drag, to be fair. I don't have a type. I just know he that none of them are that. just likes all the dick. <laughs> Fair, absolutely accurate and fair. Taking the piss, this was the controversial one. Mm. So Molly starts off by going, she wanted to name Aubrey as the next to go, but felt sorry for Aubrey and was like, she's got too much on her plate as it is. Then was like, I'd pick Minnie to go, but is afraid of Minnie. So she randomly chooses Beverly. So just on that, you've worked with Minnie and you said last week how she's a delight and lovely. Is there a side of Minnie that we don't know yet? Like, is she secretly a monster? Well, based on a couple 
Killer Queen's reactions to some things in this episode and some other stuff that I've seen online in the last week, I would say quite possibly. I mean, I've only worked with Minnie once, so I only got to see her in one setting at one time. Um, We all have many sides, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got three faces as it is. I've got one right now. I've got one that's in a drawer and then I've got one that the tradesies in the pillow. Um, (laughs) But I was was shocked that Molly chose Beverly as the taking the piss. Yeah, I was was a little bit shocked by that one. I personally, if it was me, I would have 100% chosen, I would have chosen Aubrey or Pomora. Yeah, uh, and I think it's, well, like, Um, I know we've been saying her name wrong this whole time, but um, also, like, I think if you're going to sit there and go, oh, I would have chosen this person, but I'm a bit scared mm. of them, so I'm not going to, just, like, you know, sort your tuck tuck out, love, and just do it. At the end of the day, it's, at the end of the day, it's a TV show. They shouldn't be taking, like, personal feelings into account because at the end of the day, they're all going to say and do stuff that's going to piss off one of them or more of them that's in that competition with them. So I feel like, yeah. when, just while we're on that, like, I feel like drag queens are such an easy target for a production edit to try to, you know, oh, villainize 100%. and pit them against one, each, one another. Like, not spoiling what's going to happen, but at the end of the episode, when the queen who was sent home, they're all screaming from the little sidelines, we love you, we love you, we love you. Like, we are only seeing mm. the edit. We're not seeing the actual relationships oh, that yeah. they have. And I There's- think that's made clear later on with Spanky and another queen that we actually, we know nothing. Mm. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the Rue girls all make comment on this saying about how they'll, they'll put up posts being like, it's just a TV show. We've squashed all this months ago because obviously each one's filmed apart from the Australian one, which is like filmed and then put on TV within like three months, which could also explain a lot of this shoddy editing. And the cheap set. But where, whereas the US one is usually there's about 12 months between when they film it and when it airs. So I kind of wish we had the same sort of thing or as about a 12 month gap so they could finesse and really get production right. But yeah, we then get the announcement of the maxing challenge and it's an acting challenge this week. Prison drama I, for caged queens. I, I felt so bad for you. When it, when we were watching it on Saturday night when it aired, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Maya. Maya wanted prisoner like so much better, but no, we got caged queens. Oh, it was... Oh, it was so I have a lot of feelings about this challenge and about this episode, and but we'll get into that as we get through it. The yeah, Cage Queens acting challenge. There's two teams, the pageant winners versus the rest of them, um, with Molly joining the pageant winners. I was intrigued by this, by them putting into two teams. And I was like, okay, cool. So clearly one team's going to be the top with a winner from it and the other team's going to be in the bottom. Understandable. Mm, um, if I may. But then there was Pamara, who was actually in both teams. Well, she was in both scripts, yeah. But the second one, she was only in it for a tiny little bit. Obviously, we don't see the full amounts that they, like the full scenes that they record and film. Thank goodness. But we just get a highly edited version as well. 100%, especially with this piece of dog shit that this challenge was. So excited so the to break hear off into their groups. The queens break off into their groups. Uh, Beverly questions Molly's choice for saying that she's going to be going home next. And Molly explains that she wanted to choose Minnie, but she was scared. They start throwing shade at Minnie. And I was quite impressed and quite proud to see Queen step up and just call out the disrespect of the younger queens. What is it we do? Um, We do little clicks or little taps? What is the thing that we do? The snaps. Snaps. Yes, snaps for snaps for Queen Kong. Because that was, I, when we were watching that, I was like, ah, yes, queen oh my god naturally it just and came out of me and i was just yes, like queen. yes because quite right to put them in their place as it were and she did it so eloquently yes mm. oh absolutely and she was just like there's going to be a clear divide because they're attacking Minnie for her age um they're showing some disrespect based on that these queens just need to you know essentially pull their heads in is what she more or less said we then get a little clip of Minnie explaining her dyslexia to her team one of many and about how she <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> and then a little bit of spanky getting annoyed with the younger queens before their lack of talent with acting which I think is ironic because none of these girls can act. I told you I'm going to be, I've got a lot of feelings about this. coming for you, ladies. Please don't, please don't put me Uh, in the same basket as uh, Miss Microphone because don't come at me. (laughs) You scare me, please. So then 
time for the challenge. Uh, we find that it's going to be directed by Michelle and Reese. One thing I noticed throughout the entire, this entire section of them doing the filming of it, Michelle seemed unimpressed by everything. Like she, she laughed a little bit at Hannah and Minnie, but a lot of the time what they showed was just her sitting stone faced and just like. But again, yeah. we were only Whereas- getting the edit. No, I know, but it was funny because they gave Reese a lot of camera time of him laughing at stuff. Like he was, he looked like he was having a great time. Yeah, it was just, it was an interesting, interesting choice showing Michelle seeming to not love any of it. But that also comes when they're showing the final cut on the runway and she seems unimpressed by it again. So I wonder if she was just not loving the theme and the challenge and overall and didn't like the script of it. Maybe. Maybe. I've got a few points here based on what we saw of them filming it. I do have to say, The part that cracked me up was Pamara's Aussie accent when she's saying the word last, like the whole- um, I didn't pick up on this. Well, when she, like, so Michelle goes, say it as in like, the next time you call me chicky, it will be your last. Yeah. Um, But then Pamara goes, the next time you call me chicky, it'll be your last. Uh... Uh, However- it was a quite it was a quite clear distinction between the way Michelle said it in her American accent and the way Pamara <laughs> said it. And it was like very that Ocker Aussie. And I was like, yep, okay, that was funny. Um you've got Hannah and Minnie going really full on with their characterization of their characters, uh, Deirdre and Desiree. I um, doing the love whole, this. Doing the whole Charlize Theron, going ugly, going hideous, <laughs> going full balls to the wall, disgusting. And it worked. It was, I mean. Like, compared to everyone else in their performances, like, if everyone else is that bad, these girls are going to shine. Yeah. But I think, like, Minnie straight away had a commitment to it. When she came on with that disheveled hair and her little walk and her missing teeth. If you've got... Like, hilarious. Like, you're not afraid of looking ridiculous. Right. If you've got glitter and shit, it's still going to sparkle. You then got Yuri overdoing it with the sexual aspect of her oh. character, which like playing a bombshell, like a femme fatale and just doing the very like, ooh, ooh, I'm a slut. I was like, Ugh. but I will say, I love that she at least acknowledged that she was going to be horrible in this challenge and that it was not up her alley and it was going to be bad because she apologised. This is true. She did apologise to everyone who was watching and we needed that apology. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> um, the other thing that cracked me up was Spanky's Russian <laughs> accent that she couldn't pick where it was from. I loved how her accent was very almost Greek slash Italian, <laughs> like almost out of my big fat Greek wedding or like con the fruitera from old school, like full frontal days. Um, like that. Hello. But yeah, it ends, it ends with Michelle seeming unimpressed and just being like, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. I, after watching that, I was not looking forward to the final cut of whatever they put together. Cause I was like, this is, this is going to be horrendous. And I was not wrong. Then we cut to Queen's back in the workroom. And we get some more drama involving Minnie, where she starts to go on about her dyslexia, explaining it to the other team. And Pamora starts laughing because Minnie goes, I don't talk about it often, but dyslexia, Pamora starts laughing. As an audience, I think we've heard it three times. Exactly. So I understand Pamora laughing, being like, yeah. Yeah. Don't talk about it much, but it's all I've heard. I honestly thought Minnie's reaction was a bit over the top. Yeah. Going, so I've got written here. I've got written here that she goes full pit bull on Pomora. Um, P- Pomara. I keep saying Pomora. I Pomara. do too. It's Pomara. 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 Um, yeah, just got, FYI, goes, I don't understand her name. You know, like there's often like Minnie Cooper, like there's some names, the drag names are yeah. like really obvious. I don't understand that. Just one second. Thank oh, you. look at him bringing you a top up. And it's bigger than the those last are, one. For those that are watching the YouTube outtakes, you just see this mystery hands come in and bring a wine and then disappear. And it's cheaper <laughs> than the last one. Oh, clearly she knows we're going lovely, down. I'm drinking a lovely Tread Softly Rose. That is um, a nice one. I do like that. It is. At this point, um, all I can say is I actually don't know what I'm drinking now. I feel like it may be something that was made by our queens in their. Uh, <laughs> Toilet wine, guys. It's toilet that, wine. The Cardinet in the toilet. Oh, I wrote that down oh. too, whatever it was that she called it. It was hilarious. But yeah, so Minnie goes full pitbull on Pomara, saying, you know, it was disrespectful to be laughing about her disability and goes on to call it a disability. Personally, I'd never heard of dyslexia being a disability, so that's a little bit of news to me. 
I believe um, it can be considered like a learning disability because, and please don't like, yeah. I may be wrong because it affects your ability to, to read and to learn, but yeah. I don't think it's, I don't know. As I say, could be wrong. I don't, I don't know it as being like a you can't disability. Get, you can't disability. get, you can't, yeah, you can't get, the, get, you can't get a disability pension for it. You're not getting benefits because you can't write, love. No, or read. That's what they're reading writing hotlines for. One three double oh six triple five oh six. But yeah, so I was also a little bit put off by Minnie demanding an apology <gasps> from Kamara. Yes. Like, and then later on, we'll get to that. But oh, then like going, oh, and then being like, oh. But, oh, uh, yeah, no, that was I awkward was, and uncomfortable. It was oh. just, yeah, I thought it was unnecessary. Obviously, she was very in her feelings, which yes. she's allowed to be. But I was just like, girl, you don't need to attack her that much for having a little laugh about you saying that you never talk about it. But all they've heard in the last two days is you talk about it. After that's all smoothed over. We get a lovely little mirror chat between Spanky and Yuri. I really Yuri love, revi- like, actually made me tear up when we were watching it. So Yuri reveals that her family is disappointed with her being gay and doing drag, which, I mean, personally, I can't relate to because I'm one of the very few lucky ones that has a supportive family. They support me with my gayness <laughs> and my <laughs> drag endeavours. But I know there are a lot out there whose families aren't supportive. So I can imagine this probably touched touched home and was like a lot of a lot of emotions for a lot of people. So my heart went out to Yuri and to anyone that has that sort of situation. For me as well, like when this section happened, it was a very heavy spanky edit because it was very in spanky's favor mm-hmm. letting us know that spanky is a good a good human and that that spanky works with kids and and that sort of thing which i think is really really great like there was one bit that really touched me which is when spanky said um to yuri that he's now part of the family and that there'll always be a house and a bed absolutely if, he ever, if, he, if ever yeah. they need it but then the other bit that actually really scared me was just before that when yuri was saying that they sort of came out to their family and they said, we can get you help instantly. Yeah, like, and I don't know, was... obviously don't know the situation, but instantly I'm thinking like, because they mentioned that they're, you know, it's a religious family. I'm thinking conversion camps, yeah. conversion therapy. Oh, and my gosh, what a well, scary thing. Which I didn't even, I like, because Yuri, Yuri's one of our New Zealand queens, correct? Um, yes. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they still do conversion camps here in Australia, which I really hope to God they fucking I believe don't. they still do. Um, I don't, but I need to fact I, check that, but I believe there's still some out there. I don't know if they still do them in New Zealand, which I guess obviously they do because Yuri's quite a young queen. So that's disgusting to think there's still conversion camps that families are willing to send their children to. Um, They believe that they're doing the right thing. Well, they're fucking wrong. They are 110% Um, wrong, but they believe that it's the right thing. Now, if I can just get lit light on the situation a little bit is while they're having this, this really lovely heart to heart moment and we're seeing the Queens at the mirrors and getting dragged up and we're seeing these conversations between them. My poor husband was really struggling yeah. To figure out who was who. He was having a real moment <laughs> of not knowing he's seen them in drag and in drag. <laughs> like Penny, Penny, God bless his soul. He's not well versed in the world of drag. He loves it and embraces it and thinks it's amazing, but he's not well versed. And so he was sitting there watching it going, who's that one? And I'm like, that's Yuri guy. And he's like, which one's that? And I'm like, that's the one that in the last segment, you said something about the gap in the teeth. I was like, that's him. He's got the gap in his teeth still. See? And he's like. Always, always paints that random tear as well. Yeah. But poor Benny was having a real hard time. So he's struggling to remember who's who at this point. <laughs> well, that that's always the thing when it comes to the like the start of the season. You always struggle to remember who's who until you get later on and then you can remember, oh, yeah, that's the one I like, that's the one I don't like. Yeah, that's that bitch. Um, all right, we get to runway time and Rue is back to classic Rue fashion this week with a simple mm. black sequin gown. Did you I get loved- last week I said to you, Rue's giving me Ursula cosplay vibes with the hair and you were like, I don't remember seeing that. How do you feel? This week, the hair was very Ursula. Yeah, um, I loved it. It was grey. So I, like, this This week her look was, I loved the simplicity of the black sequin gown. I thought it was classic Rue. Like, was it outstanding? No. Was it unique and different? No. Was it good? Yes. This week I loved the makeup. Loved 100%. It. We can be in agreement on makeup this week. The eye makeup was 
Perfect. If I was a drag queen, Stunning. this is the eye makeup I want. Natural, but bold, like amazing. Not what you're going to get. <laughs> That's also fine. But it's really pretty. I liked it. It was, yeah, the whole the whole look I was like, I was like, yep, okay, I like this week. I don't have any criticisms on the makeup like I did last week. I did enjoy um, the big flower moment too. Like give me a Sarah Jessica Parker Sex and City giant it's flower very, I'm in. That's very quintessential Rue having mm. on one side a big thing, um, like either big ornament or a big sleeve or a big moments on one asymmetrical side. She's known for doing that. Breakdown of our judges. This week's guest judge, Lucy Lawless. Zena. Ooh, let's just, I have a comment. Love you, Lucy. Yeah. I'm going to call her Lucy Flawless Lighting. You know, like in the movies when... Oh, yep. Like they put the Vaseline on the lens and they're like, let's just yep. make you look a little better than you might be. Yep, don't yep. come at me, people. Like, I love Lucy Lawless. She's great. But yeah, she's Lucy Flawless Lighting this week. So I I didn't know that she was a Kiwi. Really? So... Oh my god! What was no, that? so when at the start of the episode, when obviously they go through and they're like this week with Michelle Visage, Reese Nicholson, our extra special guest judge, and they announced Lucy Lawless. I'm you, like, you like, oh, what's this yank doing here? Well, I was like, interesting. They got Lucy for Down Under. Okay, cool. And then Brock, my housemate, was like, because she's a Kiwi. I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, she's a Kiwi. I was like, no. I jumped on Wikipedia straight away. <laughs> it's like Lucy Lawless is a New Zealand-born actress. Okay, she's a Kiwi. Did not know that. Mm. Um, Who so knew that she was some, putting well, on that terrible American accent all those years ago? <laughs> la, 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 la. I can't do her <laughs> Zena like. I do want to quickly point out. Yes, I do want to quickly point out Rue saying "caged queens." I died. The only the only funny part about it was just Rue saying "caged queens." Oh, it was, I was shocked that he did that in that horrible, because he's married to an Aussie. Is so, he? Yeah, did you not know that? No. His husband is Australian. I they live overseas, they live in the US. Of course But they do. they do have a property here, in, they do have a property here in Australia, so they come down and visit all the time. Um, See, I think that's another, I think that's another reason as to why he hosts our iteration of Drag Race. Because <laughs> he's already say, here. Well, because he has such a fondness for Jan Under. Yeah. Said, we then have don't... our runways. <laughs> Our runway this week is Fly Girls, Insects on the Runway. So okay. kicking things off is... Mul- Wait, yes. before, you get, before you get into it, quick overall thoughts about the runway itself. Because... Oh, I have, I have that. I saw a thing. I'm probably going to step all over your notes because I know you're, you're like kind of running yeah. the show this week. No, no, no. But I saw a thing and it said, like, I really liked the concept of Fly Girls. I was like, this is yep. cool. Like, I'm into this. This is, yep. you know, giving me vibes and... And then today I was having a quick swipe through the the internet looking for, you know, content, yep. obviously. And in it, I saw this article that said, did we just witness one of the best runways we've ever seen? I did see that as well. It's a mm. pedestrian article. hundred um, oh, percent. I, I don't read intellectual articles. What do you think I am? I drink cheap wine. Um, no, no, no. It's just, it's just funny because after we break down each queen's look, I have a little section in my notes that says thoughts on the runway. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just skipping ahead. We'll break down the queens in a second. But overall, what were your thoughts on the runway? Uh, okay, so we can skip we can skip that part. I, I loved it. I was I didn't think anyone did really bad. I thought this was a fairly strong I mean, there were a few that I was miffed by, ladies and like, eh, eh, it's there. Yes. Listeners, I'm raising my hand. I have a question. So what I did learn this week in my private life about RuPaul's drag race. Is that obviously you've you've mentioned before that you know a lot of queens. I don't know if it was on this or if it was on excuse me, but you mentioned that a lot of queens will have to fork out a lot of money to sort of do the designs Correct. and things yes. because they have to. I, I'm guessing they get sent in advance. These are themes, and you have to create an outfit for the themes. Roughly, so which we saw on season 14 of the US version. So they're sent a rough idea for what each theme is, but they're not just sent those themes. They're actually sent a list of, it's a, it's an extensive list of themes. And it could, like, essentially it says any of these could be used on the finale or like on the show. So what there's, say there's 14 runways, they're sent a list of 18 possible runways. So they have to create 18 looks and four of them may never get shown on t- TV. Okay, <clears throat> so... A runway challenge for this week. Time fly girls, insects on the runway. And we kick things off with Miss Molly Poppins as a praying mantis, or as she calls it, a slaying mantis. 
I I enjoyed her look. I felt it was missing a few key elements. She does make a good like comparison, which we'll get to when we get to the untucked section. <laughs> but yes, I just remembered. What I if she hadn't have told me she was a praying mantis, I wouldn't have known she was a praying mantis. Yes, agreed. Um, I like the look fit her well. I liked the color. I liked that it was covered in stones. Um, loved the hair on her. I was just yeah. It was. She's one of the ones that I was like, it's good, but it's like it's not bad. Yeah, like instant, instantly to... she comes out and you're like, oh, you're probably safe. Yes, a hundred percent. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, you won't be in the bottom, but you you're definitely not in the top for this one. Our next queen is Queen Kong as a death moth. Um, she's another one that I didn't know it was a death moth. No. So I like, didn't know this until Michelle said it later on, like when yeah. they all come back later. But yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, like she looks nice. I'm not entirely sure what she's I was supposed like, to be. I was like, is she supposed to be some sort of like spider related because it was very furry? And I was like, oh yeah, the fur, maybe, maybe some sort of weird sort of spider, especially with the white dots on it i was like okay yeah i mean i liked it it was a lovely shape um she looked phenomenal in it yeah very um, pretty but Loved yeah it. i just did not pick up that it was a moth so i mean i would have if she was going to do that i would have loved big huge ass fucking moth wings um not the tiny little costume store wings that we'll get into in a second but our third queen is Aubrey Have, who at first I thought was coming out as a cockroach. Yes, um, I still do to... think she's a cockroach. No, so and there's, it was interesting because her coming out. Aubrey Have, I still um, think she's a cockroach. <laughs> yeah, so I thought she was coming out as a cockroach, and I was like very bold considering that's how etc. etc. walked into the workroom last True. season. But it turns out so Aubrey posted on her Instagram either today or yesterday. Um, she was actually dressed as a hoo-hoo beetle, which is native to New Zealand. Oh, okay. And yeah, while she was on the runway, she did have a couple of mishaps. And then after seeing... So, so I, I looked at the pictures but didn't read the caption that she posted. And I saw the well, pictures no. and I was like, the wings look lovely. Yeah. Should they have so worked little, the way little, they were supposed to? Little, little bits and pieces with this. So... The bag opening and falling, like all the lava falling out, was intentional. That yes, was deliberate. That seemed intentional. Um, so the wings weren't intentional. But what was interesting is, so all queens, and this is how I knew that Aubrey was going to be in the bottom. Um, <gasps> spoiler, spoiler alert. Because all queens get to walk the runway twice because they have to do, so every single queen for every single runway walks the runway twice. So they do one runway with no sound where they just walk back and forth and then one runway with the judges' comments. So they get to walk the runway twice. So things like Yuri tripping on her dress last week and Aubrey's wings not working this week, the fact that they've chosen to leave that in the edit shows that they're quite... So like Yuri tripping on a dress last week was done as a way of justifying that she wasn't going to win because if they'd shown if they'd shown her walking flawlessly in it, then people would be going, how did she not win... You know, if she looked amazing and walked amazing. And this week, Aubrey's wings not working was a way of clearly going, okay, so she's definitely definitely going to be in the bottom. She's had a mishap. She's going to have an issue. Following Aubrey is Minnie Cooper. 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 Minnie Cooper in a butterfly gown. Minnie Um, driver. I loved this because. Mini driver. I love this. Mini driver and you're in a Will and Grace shirt. So I loved this because it wasn't a direct insect. Like it was based off an insect. So I love the fact that the dress was like a butterfly wing pattern, but it wasn't a direct butterfly. Um, She has a few like butterfly motifs. But that's what I loved the most about her look this week was the fact that you knew she was. It was a subtle nod as opposed to going, I'm this. Yeah, I'm a butterfly. It was referential without being direct. And um, Michelle Fazage, so when um, Minnie walks out, she said something about living her best Mariah life or something along that line. And or Mariah, Mariah would be impressed. Mariah would be impressed. That's right. And when we were watching it, I sipped a glass of my wine and said to Benny, and so will Brandon. <laughs> and that's the thing is I was, I loved, like, I loved it. It was a very classic, classic shape, you know, that very 50s housewife dress. Um, that slight off the shoulder, tight waist, big bustle skirt with a beehive as well. Take note, Aubrey. Interesting she chose a bit interesting she chose a beehive for a butterfly gown. So <laughs> butterflies um, don't live no, very long. I was gonna say they only live for like three days, don't they? Something like that. But then like they're obviously they like like our beautiful Mini Cooper, 
they form a chrysalis which encompasses them and then they grow their beautiful wings and away they go. Yeah, but then I'm pretty sure they like only live for like three days. Good luck, Minnie. Episode three is next week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Following Minnie is Beverly Kills as a mosquito. I thought this was fucking phenomenal. Um, Like it was unique. I take back my face. (laughs) I, I loved it because it was unique. It was different. It was not a insect that you would expect most queens to go for it's made by the gorgeous miss mandy moves who's a brisbane-based drag queen who runs a costume making business called the hemmingbird up in brisbane (gasps) um but i i loved it like very much could see that as a beverly kills outfit so not unexpected for her but yeah i i loved it i thought it was great you didn't i guess no no i didn't i didn't dislike it at all um it was very it felt very stark contrast to come out after um, after Minnie's because Minnie's yep. was so quite very, you know, flirty, regal. very feminine and, yeah, very regal. And then you've got this, like, white PVC, black and white PVC number with a blood sack, which, you know, Beverly kills. That's what she does. She's great. Um, but what <laughs> could it get past, especially... Her original... Came to the untucked. Her original drag name. Hold on before you do that. But when it comes gonna... to the untucked and she's got just the stinger hanging off her head and it looks like she's a dickhead. Yep. Not that you are, Beverly. Love yep. you. But it just, it was funny in the edit. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I did notice that as well when it was Stuart and she was just sitting there and obviously she's glued that to her, to her head <laughs> because it's just a thing. And I was like, interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Like, funnily enough, her original drag name was Ida Kills. Oh. Do I like that yeah. better? I- no, I can't remember Maybe. why. She, I can't remember why she changed it. But yeah, she changed it to Beverly Kills. Um, following Beverly is Pamara Fifth as a cicada. This was my this this was my worst for the night. I hated it. It was well. Okay, so I did. I'm just say looking no to see that. if I put a star next to it. I didn't. She wasn't in my top. So no. I while I did say that no one did bad, and I don't think she did bad. I just hated it because it was boring. It was boring. It was plain. It was a simple blue dress with cage wings. Did like, you see I... her gram today? So she posted like pictures from a photo shoot with it and it included like lights, like blue lights in her wings. Yeah. Looked stunning in that in that. Which photo is something shoot. That, which is something she would have added afterwards. Yeah. Um loved it in the photo so shoot. On the lo- runway, it was okay. A lot of these queens when they take photos of their of their runway looks. Um, obviously, they've altered and slightly edited and elevated them if they needed to be to make them look amazing, which 100%, absolutely, I'd do the same. Yeah. But on the runway, I Pamara's outfit was just, it was it was a no for me. She was 100% my my worst of the runway for the night. Um, really? I can't remember who I put in my yeah. bottoms. To, we'll get to that. Um, following Pamara is Spanky Jackson as a fly. Thank <gasps> fuck she was wearing tights this week. I have the information. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. I loved when Michelle was like, she's wearing tights. And everybody's like, thank God. Um, and then didn't Michelle say something like, let's keep that going? Yeah. Um, which I love. But did you know, and this little piece of, I'm going to say it, I never say it, this little piece of tea, um, <laughs> <laughs> I only found out this afternoon when I was on Spanky's We need, We need one of those. We need one of those soundboards that you're like tea and it's like Bing. plays a sound. Yeah. I can do that. We can put that in. That's fine. Um, now I have, now I'm going to have to, I'm just creating more work for myself, but um, she, that was not her original outfit for this runway. Oh, her original outfit for this runway, which I would have loved to have seen. And I only saw, she posted some um, like mock-up, like sketch sketches of what it was going to be was Queen B. Oh, okay. Had a crown, had like black, yellow, like it looked epic. Yeah. For some reason they couldn't, something happened and they couldn't do it. And this was like the alternative, um, which was like a last minute alternative. So I wish, I hope Spanky still has that Queen B thing happening because I'd love to see what that would look like. The drawing, the sketch Um, that I saw looked lovely. Like it looked like it would have been an amazing outfit. But she did well. Yes, I, I liked very... her tights very much. Yes, thank <laughs> fuck. Um, 
I've got written here that shoulder up is great. So like the makeup was amazing. That headpiece was amazing. I love that she kept doing the whole. Oh, her face. They said this to me last night when she was doing her lip sync. Like her facials were like amazing. And yeah. they made a dirty joke and I do that again. I was not a fan of the shoulder down. So I thought the dress was quite simple. Um, so the one, the one major thing that a lot of queens struggle with, especially when it comes to the drag race stage lighting, especially for the television, is that black does not show up. So like all the detailing and all the like, so like essentially black in person. Black, that, like black sequins on a black yeah, garment. Yeah, yeah. So like, so all of your detailing in a black dress, like in person, you might look at it and go, oh my God, there's so much detail in there. On television, you'd lose all of it. It's gone. Like you can't see a single thing. It's just black. Um, so I thought her dress looked simple. She is the one that has the tiny little costume store wings. I was yes. just like, you've gone and got fairy wings. You've gone and got black fairy rings from a costume store and chucked a few stones on them. But now knowing that this was not the original outfit and something changed last minute, obviously it doesn't excuse still, tiny, tiny costume wings, but no. it kind of puts a narrative in play, like maybe it could have been so much yeah. better than what we saw. 100%. I still, yeah. Out comes next, my hands down, best dressed for the night. <gasps> um, Agreed. The fabulous Hanaconda. I mean, can um, we, can I don't we know have a chink of... yet? Can we chink to Hannah and her best dress? Oh, chink to chink to Hannah. Um, I don't know what type of moth she's supposed to be representing, but oh, just I can it's, tell you, it's she's the she's the moth that was in my house last week that I flushed down the toilet. Hundred percent, that was her. Regardless, she looks gorgeous <laughs> for being flushed down the toilet. Um, I love the 20 inspired mm-hmm. take on it, like with the that hair, makeup and that the hair. Coat. Stunning. Um, she looked regal. She looked expensive. I did make a joke while watching it the first time mm-hmm. with the red lips, like with the red lipstick on her lips, that it does look like a prolapse. Um, we should call her Rosebud. Troy Savan did a song about that. Um, <laughs> but especially too, because her face was so white and then it was just this bold red in the center, but the way that she painted the lips, it just, it looked like a big puffy, like prolapsed. Um, but otherwise, yeah, she's hands down my best dress of the night. She looked gorgeous. She looked stunning. Um, I, she looked she like a freaking like, she's one. mafia mother. Like, Forget she moth. walked out and I'm like, like she's, she's amazing. She she I was like she's one. She that's it. This is her episode. She's one. Um, following her is your guy as a praying mantis again. Um, and I do I do vibes. appreciate I do appreciate that production separated Molly and Yuri by placing at the start and the end yeah. as opposed to putting them one after the other so people could make the comparison that they were both wearing the exact same style of outfit. Um, I loved Yuri's look. It's well constructed. It had all of the elements that was missing from Molly's. Like she had the hooked yes. claw things. Um, she had the long wings at the back. Like the colors just looked amazing. The hair was done better. Mm-hmm. Like there was just so much more to her look that Yuri that um Molly's was missing. But watching Yuri walk is the most awkward yet funny thing ever. I feel like she can't walk in heels probably. Like she kind of looked awkward and almost stomping down the runway. I'm trying like, to remember what very, like, her heels were. Like if they were, what's the designer? They were Forgive me, I'm a bad homosexual, but what's the designer that Lady Gaga does where they take the heel off? Like that would have been I know the one, amazing. I, yeah, no, it was. Yes, but it wasn't that. It was just a simple plan, like simple plain uh, green glitter pump. Yeah. I did. I did enjoy. Like I said, I enjoyed this runway. I thought it was good. Um, apart from Pamara and, I guess Spanky and Aubrey, um, having those little little lackluster bits and pieces. I thought everyone else did really good. So I think it was a great step up from last week. Even though last week was a design challenge, but it was a great step up from last week um, in aesthetics and runway. Um, 
we then get the world debut of Caged Queens. Caged Queens. I fucking hated it. I hated it. Hated it. It was clunky. It felt awkward. Um, it made all of the queens look like they're not actresses, um, which, I mean, granted, some of them probably aren't. It was just everything done on that green screen was just horrible. I I was not. I feel like this falls into last week's comments as well about like Drag Race Down Under, budgetary cuts. Oh, just it's like, just. Mm, like it I just was, makes it cheap. It's a cheap show. I was expecting so much. And I think that's my own fault for expecting so much. And then it just failing to deliver. Um, highlights for me were Hannah and Minnie's toilet scene. 100% um, agree like with that. With the, with the, you need to try some of my new product. My, I call it my toilet card and A. Like that was, <laughs> and they Disgusting. just looked atrocious. But another highlight for me is Spanky answering the phone in that horrendous accent <laughs> with her saggy tits. Like the fact that her tits were down around her belly button was hilarious. Thank goodness it was um, intentional. And then her answering the phone with that, hello, you don't say it. You don't say it. I was like, okay, that's funny. Um, yeah. That was, there were some good parts for me. Low lights for me. Aubrey as a Minogue, I was offended. Um, like it was just. She, you can tell that she was too focused on being pretty. Um, granted, yes, her character is supposed to be pretty, you know, pop star, but yeah, she but was too still, focused on. You're still doing this ridiculous performance. Like, yeah. Yeah. And other which low lights brings to me, me is to Michelle's critique later on, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about. But like, that's make that sort of reinforces Michelle's critique. Yes. Um, Yuri being over the top slutty, which again, I already briefly touched on. Tacky. Um, like just unnecessary. And <laughs> my other low light, Pamara. So all I wrote was Pamara. She was a low light for me. The whole, the whole concept as well of like Beverly's character being executed for being the one that's written all of the drag race it's acting challenges. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But they're executing someone for writing bad acting challenges, yet this one was one of the worst. Like, that's irony in the worst way. The other thing that I was shocked by, so after we watched it and Rue does his, like, laugh sort of thing, they were all like, yay, it was good. It wasn't. Um, Rue announces that they're all going to be judged as individuals, which... For me, I look at it and go, well, what the fucking point was there of them being in groups? That's like, true. I never actually thought about that. If they were, if they were just going to be judged as individuals, there was no point in separating them into two groups. They could have just all sat down, like they've done for, for previous acting challenges, gone through the scripts, picked characters, and just gone with it like that. Like There was absolutely no reason for them to have been split into two groups if they're all going to be judged as individuals. Rue announces Molly, Beverly, and Pamara as safe, leaving Queen, Aubrey, Minnie, Yuri, Spanky, and Hannah as our tops and bottoms. Mm. So that's see, I if Aubrey if Aubrey's outfit hadn't worked, like the wings had worked, and there was no mishaps or anything like that, I probably would have swapped her with Pamara. I don't think yeah. that Pamara did enough in the challenge to save her from the bottom with that outfit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so judges then go through, they compliment Hannah, Minnie, and Spanky for being over the top with their characterizations, um, praising them on their outfits. Um, and they tell Queen, Aubrey, and Yuri that they could have done more, which we saw 100%. I was disappointed with Queen in the acting challenge. Um, mm-hmm. I probably Michelle said this earlier. I had notes on Queen. Like, she was terrible. Like, like Michelle could be telling her to go ditzy. Like, she just obviously doesn't understand what Ditsy is. Like, she was being, like, I 100% agree with Michelle. She was playing more Valley Girl than yeah. Dumb Blonde. Um, like, Michelle was saying, go giggly, go, like, stupid. 
essentially like Trinity in All Star Seven in the RuPaul's uh, Santa's School for Girls, where she's just like giggly and stupid sort of thing, like very Karen from Mean Girls. She knew that too because when the judges were critiquing her, she even apologized. She's like, I hated it. She's like, I think it was horrible. True, because just on that, I know we're probably going to get to it, but Lucy Lawless, and she's like, had to apologize to Lucy Lawless because Lucy Lawless was her like icon. Also, I'm not sure if you know, but Lucy Lawless is a Kiwi. Fuck you. (laughs) But we do have a little sad moment from Queen where she was expressing her difficulty and like acting emotions because in her day-to-day life, she struggles with, I'm guessing it's undiagnosed. It might be diagnosed bipolar disorder, but she was expressing difficulty and like from switching between happy and sadness in her life. Which I think is, is incredibly important, but I will say this from the edit, it seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Like she was talking about. Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden it was this. And I was like, hang on, how do we get, how did we get here? And I don't want to take anything away from that because obviously it's such a a big thing. But um, in terms of that comes down to as I wasn't a good edit. That's where it comes. No, that comes back to what I said before about how the edit of this episode was horrendous. Um, Like it's just it's clearly they were cutting things left, right, and center, and had to try and piece things back together. Um, And just. The edit this week was atrocious. All queens were praised on their runway presentations. I didn't see any negative critiques this week, um, which was good um, because, I mean, again, I don't think anyone did really bad. Uh, So it's quite clear from the judges' critiques that our tops this week are Minnie Cooper, Spanky Jackson, and Hannah Conda, and our bottoms are Queen Kong, Uruguay, and Aubrey Pave. I think it's fair fair to say that that's a quite accurate top and bottom uh, we then get to our version of untouched i will say i'm very disappointed that both the uk and us don't get an actual untucked episode we just get a little snippet of untucked in the middle of the episode um i would love if we actually got proper untucked episodes um because then they could have more time to fill in and actually edit a proper fucking acting challenge um so I thought the untucked was horrible. Um, it seemed like there was horrible editing and some jump cuts left, right, and center. Um, Queen mentions that she thinks it will be her and Yuri in the bottom. Yes, they all think that Aubrey. They all think that Aubrey's going to be safe. Yes, they um, do. Yes, ma'am. Yuri gets very in her emotions. <laughs> Yuri gets very in her emotions. Um, starts crying because she believes so as well. But luckily, Molly breaks up the thing by going. Uh, Yuri looks like what you order online and Molly looks like what arrives. Which I mean, I love that because yes. And well done, Molly, for just, you know, owning that moment. Oh, absolutely. Um, we then get to some untucked drama between Minnie and Pomara. So for some unknown reason, um, they ask Minnie what she thinks of everything and she just snaps and just, starts attacking Pamara, um, which came out of nowhere. So this is what I mean about the shonky editing this episode. Mm-hmm. So whether or not there was something that was cut out that led to this fight, but otherwise there was nothing to show any reason as to why Minnie should be attacking Pamara, um, saying about how she mentored Minnie, uh, she mentored Pamara in a drag pageant years ago and thought Pamara was entitled and rude. And then saying that obviously Pamara found this out and then saying that whoever said that was unkind. Like, it's actually quite a kind thing to say. Don't place blame. Obviously, whoever said it should not have told her. No, 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 it wasn't. That's that's not what was told to Pamara. So what was told to Pamara, which is the thing that she was more upset about, was the fact that Minnie made the comments that she doesn't mind that Pamara does drag she just wishes that she wasn't getting paid for it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what was told to Pamara. And Minnie admitted that, yes, she said that. But that's where she said that whoever told Pamara, they're the, essentially they're the villain in all of this, that they shouldn't have told her. It's like, you said it though. And who so, said that? Some One of the girls said, but you said it. Yeah. They didn't show who said that. 
and I couldn't think it was in the back yeah no I can't get either yeah um but it was just that's what I mean like this this fight seemed to come out of nowhere um so it would have been interesting. This is why I wish we had a full and proper untucked episode because then we'd get to see the full context of how this fight came to be, what it was about. Because at the moment, it just places, like it just paints Minnie in a very negative light. Um, I just think it was very, yeah. Oh, what? <gasps> I have another wine in a different glass. This one has my name on it because I'm fancy. Is that your wedding glass? Actually, no. It's it's our friend's fortieth birthday glass. She turned forty, and everybody who went got glasses with their names etched on them. Oh, that's cute. We cut back to our judges deliberating, and what I appreciated was the fact that they finally made some comment about it, about how the younger queens <laughs> seem to all be focused more on their look and their aesthetic as a aesthetic as opposed to their personality and their talent. Thank you, um, Michelle Visage. Well, actually, it was a combination of her and Lucy Lawless. Actually, um, yeah, no, you're right. That's true. So, because Lucy said that's why the older ones can out-act, like, out-act circles around them, because the older queens have had to focus on perfecting all aspects of their drag, whereas these younger queens perfect it because they're the Instagram generation. So getting back to it, Queens are back on stage. Minnie and Hannah are announced as safe and Spanky is our winner. I disagreed with this. Agree. I agree to agree that we disagree. I I 100% think Hannah should have won. 100%. Um, I would have even been happy if um, Minnie won over Spanky. Based on Spanky winning, the runway means nothing. But based on Aubrey being in the bottom, the runway clearly means something. So it's very contradictory. So I think Spanky's runway outfit didn't hold up to Minnie's and Hannah's. No, so not at all. Either of, the, either of them, I feel like Hannah should have won, but I feel I'm, I'm agree. Minnie or Hannah could have won this episode easily. Um, not not discrediting Spanky's work in the actual challenge, but I think mm-hmm. her runway let her down. Um, so it's interesting when they when they choose to decide if the runway plays into the final decision or not. Um, Spanky's prize for winning this week is a four night stay at any Sofitel in Australia or New Zealand. Ooh, they have nice beds. Yeah. Um, we then have we're then left with our bottom three: Yuri, Queen, and Aubrey. With Yuri being safe, and this is where I think the runway played a part of it. I feel like Yuri was saved over Aubrey because of the runway, which is interesting. Like I said, like this is a part where the runway plays into it. Um, as soon as they announced that it was Queen versus Aubrey, though, I knew Aubrey was going home. There was no way. There was no way in hell that Aubrey was winning a lip sync over Queen Kong. Uh, we have our lip sync song, which is a classic Aussie rock song. I touch myself by the Divinals. Personally, I thought it was a meh lip sync. I was actually disappointed. Um, yes. People I have been telling most- me that Queen Kong is this, like amazing performer, and I'm not doubting this, but in this lip sync, I was like, I, I felt mean, she both twirls good. Dis- I thought both queens were disconnected from the song. Neither one of them had any connection to the song. Neither one of them felt like they actually wanted to perform it. Um, they kind of just felt like they were doing it because they had to, which probably is true. They had um, to. I, I don't see that song having ever been in Queen Kong's wheelhouse. Um, and that lip sync just showed me that Aubrey has very little performing experience. Yeah. So I my um, notes on this was that um, particularly, so for Queen, I said, like, I felt like she just kind of performed like it quite classic. She kept doing a lot of the same moves over and over. Um, yep. I mean, bitch can twirl. Let's not take that away from her. She knows how to do a really elegant mm-hmm. twirl. Um, and then she had her like, what the fuck moment, as I'm calling it, where they cut to Beverly Kills randomly in confessional going, what the fuck? Um, yeah, when she does she, her little like side spin. Yeah, like that was like Power Ranger moves. I'm into that. But um, Aubrey, I really felt like Aubrey was just like, 
my note for Aubrey was that she phoned it in and that was the first note I wrote the second time <laughs> I wrote it. And then she pulled out the cell phone and I was like, like literally phoned it in. Um, well, I will say, I, I will she, say I liked her. Yeah. I liked her little moment where she put the phone on the floor and like she was FaceTiming someone and was fingering herself. I didn't notice that the first time. Like I noticed the fingering, but I didn't notice her going from putting it to her ear to the floor. I noticed it the second time yeah. and I was like, oh, but um, I feel like if you're going to play it to the lyrics, like if you're going to play your, mm. your lip sync to the lyrics, then drag do, charades is what it, we call it. Right. Okay. So drag charades, do it better. So that's what she did. And I was like, I was okay yeah. with it, but to me it felt very much like, you know, this kind of falls under not old drag, but like, you know, season drag versus, new drag whereas there yeah. felt like there was this real divide in the lip sync where Aubrey was very much playing to to that and whereas Queen yes. was doing her twists and she was doing her turns and she was presenting and being like super like gorgeous and glam and mm. I feel like if it wasn't RuPaul's drag race Queen would have gone home but because RuPaul comes from that classic I guess drag no. moment. No, okay. I I have no. I have to disagree. Um, there was there was no point in that no point in time that Aubrey beat Queen in that lip sync. No point in time. She did a couple of little good spots here or there, but there was no there was no point in time that you could say that Aubrey behave Aubrey behave out for <laughs> Aubrey behave. Um, yeah, Queen Queen one hundred percent. Queen wins the lip sync. Aubrey very is quickly our second too. Queen. Like Rue gave us no pause. No, there was nothing. That's it was how, just Queen. You. That's when you know. That's when you know that it was quite clearly a not a landslide victory. Actually, yeah, a landslide victory. That's when you quite clearly can see that it's. So if there's a pause, it's because they're like, "Oh, which one are we going to keep?" Mm-hmm. But if it's quite clearly a lip sync's done, you're safe. Generally, it's because it's a quite obvious, like, yeah, you want this lip sync. Like, there's no way that we can justify the other one beating you. Whereas if there's a pause, it's like, a, oh, both queens did kind of well, so it could be yeah. like a go either way. Um, so Aubrey's our second queen, just sashay away. She gets to the end and starts Hi, to say, oh, behave, and then actually stops herself and goes, actually misbehave because life's too fucking short. Now, I love um, that. I thought that was cute. Like, it... Absolutely. Super, it was super the, cheesy, but super but, true. So I'm into it. Good way to end for her. Um, walks into the workroom, writes a little mirror message. Her mirror <laughs> message is, it says, stay fagadelic, babies. I hate that because I am still, I guess, maybe I'm a queen of my time. I don't like the word fag still like i don't i know we've reclaimed it and it's ours and we can do what we want with it still don't like it like it's so would triggering so would you prefer to say so would you prefer to write stay magadelic baby i mean if she did i know she would have listened to our last podcasts that we did but um but she didn't yeah she um, didn't root um, so Aubrey sashays away and we get a preview for next week, which is the Queens are going to be in pairs hosting a drag brunch. I'm excited to see what that is because I feel sorry I for mean, you because you were excited last week and you were disappointed. Is this just going to be like my I mean, disappointment gonna, going down every week? Oh, hundred percent. It's it, more than likely. Um, it'll be interesting to see because hosting a drag brunch is a staple for a drag queen. Really? Um, being able to entertain. Absolutely. Because it's a case of you've got to be able to entertain on the mic during the day when most oh. people are still somewhat sober. So like a drag, like you get people getting pissed at a brunch, obviously, but nine times out of 10, most people are starting it off sober. So you've got to be able to entertain a crowd and be engaging and interacting during the day. And day drag is not good for any drag queen. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how next week goes. Yeah, that was episode two of Drag Race Down Under. Episode two, done and dusted. Sashay away, Aubrey. We love you. We can't wait to see what you do. Uh, but yes, until then, tune in 
next week when uh, we will be recapping, sorry, recapping episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. And don't forget, you can follow us on our socials. I'm at microphone, spelled with an F, not a PH, because it's spelled with a PH, it's Craftphone. And I'm Sean Phillip Official, because I'm not official, but one day, hope that I will be. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also follow our podcast on Instagram, at thewindup underscore pod. Um, Make sure you follow that. Follow us both, one so I can eventually get on Drag Race. Too, so Sean can make himself official and three follow our podcast so that but then you can keep up to date with all the little tidbits and extras that we post including all the outtakes from this episode they'll be hilarious you'll love it we'll uh, see you on the grand kids <laughs> well Sean thank you thank you I don't know so am I calling you Maya or am I calling you Brandon today well well no one knew what my boy name was until you just said it so oh. Maya would have been fine thanks cunt <laughs> Oh, and that has been the wind up. Until next time. Chink. Chink. Cue outro music.